Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here's always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, are you feeling nostalgic today? Uh, I'm feeling a little bit nostalgic. I'm feeling a little bit antsy given uh, the amount of drafts that I'm doing right now. I want to puke, scream, shit, and cry all in one sitting. But yeah, yeah, we can feel feel a little nostalgic before we give some uh, nice little fantasy information. Why not? Fuck it. Yeah, you know, I actually watch, I was telling you this before we hopped on on air and hit the record button. I watch NFL throwback at least twice a week, like just a game on NFL throwback at least twice a week, which is fantastic. If you want to see like longer highlight packages of uh, classic NFL games, classic, not only for how good they are, but also sometimes for how bad they are, because I was watching before we Jumped on here when I had dinner. I was watching the infamous Browns-Eagles game from 2012 where Brandon Whedon and Michael Vick threw a combined eight interceptions. My guy, Michael Vick. Great guy. Yeah. But also... Yeah. But I found out that Travis Benjamin, I remembered, it unlocked a memory that Travis Benjamin has been playing this league for a really, really long time because he was in that game. On Cleveland. Yes. Indeed. Indeed he has. Yeah, I was expecting to see Peyton Hillis in that game, but I think that was his holdout year or something. Um, Or was that the year that Peyton Hillis was, you know, on the decline after he got his moment on Madden? Something like that. Well, Peyton Hillis, what a guy. Hope he's well. Well, anyway, so the reason we're talking about all this nostalgia stuff is because Bird found an old draft from 2016, which, if you can believe it, was six years ago. Six years ago. And uh, some of the names on here bring back some memories. Some names are still recognizable. A lot of these players are still in the league. But um, others some, not so much. Others, others, just, not- <laughs> others just bring back a lot of pain and, and, and trauma. Um, so really what led, what led to this conversation was Adam and I were just, you know, talking off air. Um, and one of my buddies and I were, t- I was, I was doing something earlier and I, I stumbled across some old notes that I, that I was, that I had used for this draft apparently. And I was just going through them. because I was just like, let me just take a little trip to memory lane to see what we got here. And one of the first things that I stumbled across, Adam, was a man by the name of Thomas Rawls. Yeah, that name hit me like a truck. I was like, Thomas Rawls? This guy. Uh, Adam, I saw Thomas Rawls. I, I nearly fell over in my chair. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Now, Thomas Rawls, of course, Seahawks running back. For those of you that don't know, for those of you that do know. A, you're real ones, and I appreciate you. <laughs> B, you probably started him, and C, he has probably disappointed you. So we are all very much the same collective club when it comes to our collective thoughts about Thomas Rawls. Yep. Thomas Rawls, the famous handcuff to Marshawn Lynch, and also speculative start in some weeks. Yeah, he was starting. He was starting. Uh, he was starting here. He was a fourth-round fourth pick. He was a fourth round pick. He went uh he went four four seven in this draft. Yeah, I mean, I forget. When did Marshawn Lynch retire? Was that or like seemingly retire? Because then he came back for the to play with the uh Raiders in uh, 2017. He... So he must have missed. The 16th season was tw- or something. It was 2017. That he signed with the Raiders, yeah. So then I think he then he was out uh 2016, and that explains why. Yeah, 20 2015 he retired, and 2017 he was back with with the Raiders. So that makes sense. That makes sense on why Thomas Rawls was selected that early, as if I need as if I needed that confirmation as to why Thomas Rawls was selected so early. Well, I mean, I only know him as like a as a backup, but yeah, Thomas Rawls. Oh my gosh! Well, I mean, no, nobody's drafted Thomas Rawls in the fourth round to be a uh, to be a backup. No, exactly. 
but this is a very very interesting list yeah some, so some, of, some of the other names that really stand out I, I i really just want to go off of guys that like you're going to hear some of the names and you're just going to be like wow uh so we got Jordy Nelson isn't really a wow one, I don't think. In 2016, in the third round, I don't really think so. Uh, Jamal, Jamal Charles definitely is. Uh, Lamar Miller in the third round. Remember Lamar Miller? I do ultimate, remember Lamar Miller. He, he is the ultimate Adam running back. Really he, steady floor, god-awful ceiling. And then he would. Uh, there was at least two games a year where Lamar Miller would look like the second coming of Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. Hey, this year he was over a thousand yards and had five touchdowns. That's not bad. That's a perfect Adam running back. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Perfect Adam running back. Uh, then we have uh rest in peace to Demarius Thomas. He was taken in the third round of this draft. Just keep going down the list. No one really in round four, unless you want to count Greg Olson, Greg Olson. And then in round five, Doug Baldwin. And then Adam's boy, Eric Decker. Love Eric Decker. Do you? How did he do this year for the Jets? Oh boy, he was god awful. The Jets were very bad. The Jets were five. I can see that. I could see that. Yeah, yowie, wowie. We had two primetime games against the Colts and the Cardinals, and we got embarrassed in both of them. I do not like to talk about 2016 with the Jets. I had Mike Evans in round five. Oh, and he, 96 catches, 1,300 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Well, well, you know, also. things happen when I have Mike Evans. That, that, That man is just, him and I, is it's we go, we blend together so, so, so nicely. Uh, Matt Forte also speaking of uh, Jets, this, he was, I guess he, he was a free agent from the Bears and he signed with the Jets. Yeah, the, thir- the 30 catches really sucks for him. Um, but seven touchdowns, not terrible in round five. Mm. Solid, if not unspectacular. Michael Crabtree in round six. That's, that's fun. And he was solid. <laughs> he was solid. 90 catch receiver over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Ty in round six. This is what this is. Yeah, this is when Ty was uh, almost a fifteen hundred yard receiver. And then, oh my God, Eddie Lacy, who this was bad. Eddie Lacy. This was not good. Eddie Lacy. This is Eddie Lacy on Seattle. CJ Anderson, no bueno. And then Carlos Hyde, who Carlos Hyde happened to be the best out of the three, uh, over nine hundred yards rushing, six touchdowns. Whilst with San Francisco, now we well, get some of the real well. Stuff. You're not even mentioning uh, Latavius Murray that one year that he was really good. Yeah, twelve touchdowns for Latavius Murray. Yeah, I didn't even see him in the in the, uh, in the sixth round. Good spot, Adam. What about oh Jonathan Stewart? Oh, he was okay. Nine touchdowns. Now, now we get to the real nostalgia. Jeremy Macklin. Oof, not good. I I took Jeremy Macklin, oh. Ryan Matthews, who was just a who was a red zone guy. Kelvin Benjamin, who shade under a thousand yards, not too terrible at round seven. Former Jets star running back Chris Ivory, only Chris he was Ivory. with the Jaguars here. So sorry, disappointed old Jets fans. Well, they let him they let him walk in free agency, and then they signed Matt Forte. And then Golden Tate in this round as well. Golden Tate was good. This was actually like good around this time. Yeah, 90 catch seat, 90 catch season, four touchdowns though stinks. But yeah. a 90 catch season, you'll take that. You'll take that. That's lovely. That is that is really, really, really lovely. Then in round eight. Oh my god. This round is just tight end central. Mm-hmm. Nobody really notable outside of the tight ends. Maybe Jeremy Hill. What about that insights something out of anybody, but then we get oh, to the tight ends. Well, that insights trauma out of Bengals fans because of the playoff game. Mm-hmm. We have Jimmy Graham, sixth round pick Jimmy Graham when he was in Seattle. Eighth round I, pick. I had Tyler. Oh, it's eighth round pick. I apologize. Tyler yeah. Eifert, 
I took, but I because I missed out on somebody else who I definitely wanted. I did take Tyler Eifert though over Zach Ertz, which is a damn shame. It truly is a damn shame. Kobe Fleener. Oof. When I saw that, when I saw that name, when I saw Kobe Fleener, I was stunned, stunned beyond belief. That took me back to yesterday. Remember when Kobe Fleener and Andrew Luck were tearing it up in the Pac-12 at Stanford? Oh, what a duo! But then the big name that we're all, we're all waiting on is a guy by the name of Travis Kelsey. When Travis Kelsey could be had in round. Former Cincinnati Bearcat, Travis Kelsey. Former Cincinnati Bearcat, Travis Kelsey. And in 2016, he had four touchdowns. Could you imagine what would happen if nowadays Travis Kelsey had a season where he had four touchdowns? I think there would be riots in the streets. Mm -hmm. So you'd have teams that would just be – they would be nuclear waste. They would be complete and utter dog shit. Oh, my God. Michael Floyd, that's a name. Michael Floyd, that is the name. Blake Bortles in round nine of a fantasy draft. <laughs> like, wow. Stefan Diggs in not round a, nine. Not a Again, great season all, for Diggs. All falling in line with, remember when you could have Stefan Diggs not in the first two rounds of a fantasy draft? Well, here we are. Alshon Jeffrey, and that's really all the the the, the shocking names. You have Deshaun Jackson here. Around Deshaun Jackson is uh, is that like is that like wow for anybody? Um, then we get into round ten. Travis Benjamin. There's your boy, Travis Benjamin. Adam, Danny Amendola, Arian Foster in round ten, who was absolute dog shit with yeah. only twenty two carries for the entire year but then probably one of the best picks in the entire draft that I saw firsthand was DeMarco Murray in round 10, who ended up being traded to the Tennessee Titans and became their RB1 ahead of a guy called Derrick Henry. Yeah, remember we all thought Derrick Henry was like, oh man, he's just not that good. He's mediocre behind DeMarco Murray. We had no idea he was going to be a committee back, and now Derrick Henry's the best. We had no idea. We had no idea. Somebody picked the Broncos defense in round 10 also. Oh, yeah. It was defense second in round 10. Yeah, that too. And I took a man by the, by the, uh, I took a man called Gary Barnage. You remember him, Adam? I do not remember him. Who the hell is this guy? Oh, my God. Gary Barnage. Did you handcuff your tight end? No. Oh. No, 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 no. I think this is my first tight end. Oh, no. He was in Cleveland and Tyler Eifert was in Cincinnati. Same, basically. The same I team. just took two Ohio tight ends. Yeah. The two orange and black or orange and brown tight ends. But now here, here we are where this gets where this gets a little a little interesting. Justin Forsett. That was a name that I hadn't heard in years. And I had him in this in this league, apparently. I can hear Phil Sims saying his name in Madden. Like that's or Jim Nance saying his name in Madden. Alan Hearns. Oh, which, Alan Hearns. Cowboys legend Alan Hearns. Cowboys legend Alan Hearns. He, he, literally, he literally gave himself up in a playoff game. We love you, Alan Hearns. Great guy. Julius Thomas, who dog shit. The original product of Peyton Manning. Exactly. Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard actually quietly pretty solid. 65 catches, a little under 700 yards, eight touchdowns. Not too shabby. Emmanuel Sanders, 1,000 yards in round 11. Nice. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Adam, you ever heard of him? Uh, this was not. This is another reason why the 2016 Jets were terrible is because Ryan Fitzpatrick was the worst. Complete and utter dog shit. Yeah. And then Jets legend Danny Woodhead. Let's yeah. not forget. Oh, yeah. Yes, of course. Jets legend Danny Woodhead. Yeah. He didn't play for any other teams. Mm-hmm. He played ju- just for the Jets and the Chargers. Did it win any Super Bowls anywhere else in his career? Nope. Can't think of anything. Hmm, okay. And then in round 12, we have Martellus Bennett. Good old Martellus Bennett. Yep. Then 
Jason Witten, the the down years of Jason Witten, but Jason Witten, quite honestly, he was never good for fantasy. Really? Yeah, Jason Witten was never really that good for fantasy. Well, he was just good. He's a he good was leader. Fine. He was fine, but he was never he never did enough to be considered one of the top the top tier guys. Because there was always somebody else there. There was always Dez. There was always Miles Austin. There was always there was T.O. Patrick Creighton, Laurent Robinson. Martellus Bennett. I'm really digging deep into my Cowboys lexicon right now. Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett, sure. Yep. Because he was the backup for Mm -hmm. a a long time to Jason. And then the more recent teams, Amari Cooper was there. Michael Gallup was there. Alan Hearns was around. Some would say that. He was there. Cole Beasley. Yeah. Good, good. What a guy, Cole Beasley. Love him. Uh, Tony Romo in round 12. This was uh, the the injury plagued year for Tony Romo. Just a damn, damn, damn shame. Tyrod. This was the the Wally Pip year for Tony Romo. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Because this is when Dak stepped stepped onto the scene. And then in round 12, I took John Brown, who, oh my God, I loved. I I thought John Brown was like the greatest. Uh, Honestly, I really did. But then... In round 13. Such a you pick. It, it really is because he was he was an Ohio State guy. I wanted to go to Ohio State. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. I can be successful with Michael Thomas. It has been done, and this is evidence. Wait, can I see that season again that he had? Oh, surely. It it, it is stellar. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. 92 targets or 92 catches. Stellar. Over 100 or over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns on 122 targets. That's pretty good. Yes, please. Yep. I, I, I like that. Uh, Vincent Jackson was taken in this round. Rest in a peace. man, a man by the name of Josh Gordon was taken in this round from the Cleveland Browns who didn't play a single snap in 2016. Oh, God. The Jets defense was taken in the 13th round. The Jets were yeah. so bad. Probably by a Jets fan, if I'm being honest. Jake Jake was not in this league. No, Jake was not in this league. Dwayne Allen. Do you remember Dwayne Allen, Adam? He he was with that uh, Colts team with Colby Fleener. They were drafted in the same draft, I'm pretty sure. Correct. That was their attempt to create Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. And they they drafted Colby Fleener and Dwayne Allen. Indianapolis try to go along with Andrew Luck. That didn't work out too well. But Adam, I would like you to just take note of this, please. Um, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six kickers. Well, five kickers that were taken before I, t- I took kicker. I took a kicker by the name of Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker was an established guy, right? No, I don't think so. Not yet. Who's the Ravens kicker? Oh, it was Billy Cundiff. Yep. Oh, Dan Bailey. I love, I've ever told you I love Dan Bailey. Well, your team name is Bandit Like Bailey. Oh, so. this, absolutely. This, this is a powerhouse. This, this is an absolutely athletically gifted unit. The iconic team name. The, the, you know what's, you know what's on my team, Adam? You know what, you know what inhabits Bandit Like Bailey? specimens specimens only i know how much you love that word specimen we're gonna go ahead and use it so you get uncomfortable specimens only i am good good uh and then in round 15 wrapping this up very quickly d'angelo williams who was dog shit ladarius green (laughs) oh my god famous backup charger backup tight end to antonio gates New York Jets legend Jeremy Langford. When was he on the Jets? He was on the Jets. Jeremy Langford, I'm almost 100% positive, was on the New York Jets. Michigan State legend Jeremy Langford. Maybe that's the green that I'm thinking of. Maybe that's the green that I'm thinking of. Oh, I hope I, I'm not wrong about this. I would feel like an idiot. He was on the Jets. I win. 
2017 to 18. Jeremy Langford. He was on the Jets. He was on the practice squad. Doesn't count. Still counts. But you were okay. Fine. Absolutely counts. I I knew deep down in my head, deep down in my head, I knew that he was on the Jets. Some way, shape, or form, I knew he was on the Jets. I just didn't know how. I thought Uh, you were talking about the other Jets. I thought you were talking about the other Jets legend, Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell. Yes. Bilal Powell. He's fantastic. I haven't been able to do Black Powell in a while. That felt good. That felt good. I'm going to do it one more time just for just for old time's sake. Blah, blah. Uh, Brandon McManus still kicking, of course. Tavon Austin, who was just cut by the Buffalo Bills. Kendall Wright out of Baylor. Icky for Tennessee Titans first round pick. Rashad Jennings. Oh, my life. I have started about- Rashad Jennings. Jeez, you, you want to talk about deep sleepers, though? Jordan Howard in the 16th round. Uh, also, Derrick Henry. How about Derrick Henry in the 16th round when he had 110 carries, 490 yards, and five touchdowns? What did you, what did Jordan Howard do? I wonder. Yeah, Jordan Howard had an okay season. 1,300 yards in round 16. Quincy Anunwal was here. Dante Did- Moncrief. Oh, my God. Dante Moncrief. Kevin, Kevin White. White. Oh, geez. Now, just before we, before we move on to, um, to the supporters, just I want everyone to listen to the sheer insanity of the statement that I'm going to say out loud. Okay. Jordan Howard at one point had a better fantasy season than Derrick Henry. It's true. Just the sheer insanity of a statement like that coming out now. Like we've been talking about Derrick Henry as a locked and loaded top five pick. And there's Jordan Howard now without a team. But at one point, Derrick Henry couldn't even register 500 yards rushing. And Jordan Howard was a 1,300 yard back. Yep. The sheer insanity of that statement is frightening to me. I agree. That is how quick things change in fantasy. It's true. And it's why we love it so much. What a fun trip down memory lane. That was exciting. I, I felt about five more grays pop through. I almost kind of want to look at uh, our first draft from 2017. In our first league, because that will be more of an accurate because uh, the picks will be in order for one thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, those picks will be in order. But I do remember that I had a – it's not really a stack, but I had Matt Ryan and Devonta Freeman, and I had a very mediocre time. What a great value, Devonta Freeman. Oh, <laughs> what a fantastic value. What a mediocre time that was. There are two guys that will live deep in my heart in terms of being just great values. Devonta Freeman and Julian Edelman, fantastic values. Love them both dearly. Look great, boys. Anyway, so let's move on to superlatives. Superlatives! uh, We have about five here, and some of them are ones that you'd kind of expect. Some are a little, like a couple are a little like ones we haven't talked about at length. But uh, the first one is the biggest steal, you think, in drafts. Hmm. Fascinating. Any position. You have an answer for this one? Not at the moment. Okay, I'll give you mine. Okay. Uh Chris Olave. Ooh, Chris Olave. I like him. I, I I mean, hell, I love him. I love him. I, I, I said it on a bold prediction episode that we did, I said that he was gonna outproduce Michael Thomas in fantasy points. Well, if Michael Chris Thomas Ola- Chris Ola- I was getting reps as the wide receiver one for the New Orleans Saints while Michael Thomas is dealing with another hamstring. Yeah, what's look at, looking like that's going to be it's ask pretty me, accurate. Ask me, ask me what the odds are that I'm going to be drafting Michael Thomas after now that I'm hearing that he's dealing with uh, with a hamstring injury. What are the odds? Slim to fucking none. I don't blame you. All I needed. All I needed was a little bit of doubt to creep in for me to say I'm out on Michael Thomas, and now here I am. 
And Jake was the same way. We literally had we literally had this discussion the other day where it was like, yeah, no, Michael Thomas is now dead. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it. I'm not going to be caught my pants down again by Michael Thomas. It's not happening. I don't blame you. Uh, mine is, we were just talking about this uh, because of uh, what happened yesterday at MetLife Stadium. Michael Carter as being Whoa. a steal. Wow. It might be a bit overreactionary. I understand. But I think this might be more of a 50-50 split than people are thinking, than what people are thinking. Just because we are talking about a rookie running back in Brees Hall. Michael Michael Carter has been in the system for a year now in the in the Michael LaFleur system. And um he's got PPR upside. And you know, they're gonna they're gonna use it like. Breesall is not going to be a 20 carry guy. That doesn't exist anymore. That's not what the offense calls for. And the offense is going to be good. If Zach Wilson plays week one, it's going to be good, I think. So, yeah, Michael Carter is a, could be a steal. Let me just see how many um, attempts per game I have Brees Hall down for, just out of curiosity. Let's see if it lines up. So I have him down for about 230 carries. So 230 divided by 17. Have it about 14 to 15 carries a game. Also, watch out for Tyler Algier. He's coming. I love Tyler Algier. I love Tyler Algier. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. And... Uh, I was invited because I am an expert. I have a member of the fantasy, uh, the ECR on fantasy pros. I don't know if you've heard about this, Adam, but I have been accepted as a member of the expert consensus rankings on fantasy pros. And they do a sleeper uh, competition every year. Would you like to hear my picks for it? Sure. Okay. Is Tyler Algier one of them? So it's two quarterbacks, four running backs, four receivers, two tight ends, and a defense. Quarterbacks. It's the top outside the top 15 running backs outside the top 36 wide receivers outside the top 36 tight ends outside the top 15 and defenses outside of the top 10, according to the ECR in what format, like scoring Half. format. Okay. Half. My quarterbacks. The first one should not surprise you. Okay. It's Jameis Winston. It's Jameis Winston. Yes. Yeah. The second one, Trevor Lawrence. That, that honestly, that, that doesn't really, that does kind of surprise me a little bit. Why? I feel like we've been kind of, lo- both of us have been kind of low on Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. this, this year. I don't know if I would say I'm low on Trevor Lawrence. Well, I mean, you picked him to be a, a sleeper. So he was a top 20 option. Yeah. I was, was a top 20 guy. He should be uh, better, you'd hope. I just find it very hard to believe that a guy that we were talking about as a generational kind of quarterback literally 12 months ago is now is now just complete dog shit and washed. I find that incredibly, incredibly hard to believe. A guy that Jets fans, tank for Trevor, tank for Trevor. Heard that for the better part of 18 months. From Jets fans like you, Adam. And now we're not sure about him? Give me a break. Give me a break. And listen, was I saying that Trevor Lawrence was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life? No. No. But is he still the number one overall pick from 12 months ago going into a much better situation in Jacksonville that's going to be more steady with Doug Peterson at the helm? Yes. Absolutely 100% yes. It's not a bad shot, though. Well, my other options were Tua, no. Justin Fields, no. Matt Ryan, no. Ryan Tannehill, no. Mac Jones, no. Daniel Jones, uh-uh. Carson Wentz, eh. Jared Goff, no. Zach Wilson, no. Baker Mayfield, no. Davis Mills, huh. Marcus Mariota, no. Sean Watson, no. Mitch Trubisky, no. Kenny Pickett, hmm. 
there were there were three other guys that I considered for this. It was Pickett, Davis Mills, and Justin Fields. Pickett could be interesting. Pickett could actually like come out of the gates. I the problem is, the problem is the way you win this is by cumulative points. So if Pickett doesn't start right away, you're already down. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah. So, so you have to you have to like pick and choose. Um, you have to pick and choose your spots and what you really want to uh, what you really want to go for. So for the running backs, yep. No surprise, the number one running back is for me. I've been waxing lyrical about him now for since since he was drafted. Before he was drafted, even we were talking about him. If you, if you listen to the uh, running back, the running back uh, rookie show that Jake and I did, both of us loved him coming out of Florida, Damian Pierce. Then we have Brian Robinson in Washington, Tyler Algier in Atlanta, and then an interesting one, Khalil Herbert. Ooh, that is interesting. Something so you think kind it's... of tells me that maybe this coaching staff and new new administration in, in Chicago, maybe they're not as tied to Montgomery as we think. They did not draft them. No, they didn't. They didn't draft Khalil Herbert either. But they're going to go for the guy that probably looks the best. And from everything I've heard out of Chicago, Khalil Herbert has looked terrific. Yeah. Well, he's shown in flashes, you know, when David Montgomery has been injured over the past year or two, that he's been, like, pretty good. He's been able to hold his own. Yeah. More than pretty good. Very much so. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I think with somebody like Khalil Herbert, you have to see if he can, like, he's probably not, I don't know if he's going to be the number one, where like the number one where he's going to be overtaking David Montgomery in carries, but it's still going to be a split. And you'll see how, we'll see how he does it with, with a more consistent workload. Because right. it's one thing to, you know, be a backup and come in, uh, when somebody's injured and then the team, the defense doesn't have as much film on you and you do really well, like Mike White. And then there's a difference between that and doing it over an extended period of time consistently. Right. So for the receivers, mm-hmm. Jalen Tolbert in Dallas, Romeo Dobbs in Green Bay. Based on pure hype, I get it. George Pickens in Pittsburgh and KJ Hamler in Denver. I will say the receivers, there is the chance that I completely turn this position over. I don't have to, I don't have to have my picks in until the eighth. So I can go back and change the receivers. I would say I am more than likely going to change multiple times. I know that people are like people like Pickens a lot. Problem is that there's just so many mouths to feed in Pittsburgh. Yeah, between Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, he's like the fifth option. So it's like, do I really see Pickens surpassing Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool? I mean, maybe Claypool, but Deontay Johnson, no. Fryermuth, no. So the most he's probably going to be is the fourth best option, and even to work into the top three is going to need an injury. Yep, which I don't really want to bank on, but. Um, that could be one that I change. That could that could be one that I that I uh, do toss around. Um, my tight ends, we have a good friend of ours, Kolkomet. Not Kolkomet. Not Kolkomet. Oh. Unfortunately, because he is he is very high in the consensus, and I, I moved him into my uh, as a top ten tight end. I love Kolkomet, but a good friend of ours, Austin Hooper. <laughs> Great guy, love him, and then Gerald Everett. With the Chargers. Gerald Everett. And then my defense, I've gone for the New York Jets. Very interesting pick. Just kidding. I went for the Washington Commanders, but I think they win the NFC East. Well, I mean, Chase Young's going to be out for four weeks, at least. Problem. Yeah, big problem. Yeah. Big problem, but I still, I think they hold, they hold their own. I think they still win the division. Interesting. I listen. Honestly, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the if there are a bunch of people that pick the Jets as like a sleeper defense, just because their pass rush has gotten better. You know, they their secondary has gotten a little bit better. The linebackers are like okay at this point, but you get you're getting back a healthy Carl Lawson. Hopefully the safeties are healthy and the uh, cornerback room is deeper. But with Gardner, with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. The only problem that I have with the with the New York Jets is they have to go up against Josh Allen twice. It's a t- it's a tough it's a really tough schedule. Their schedule is not great. Yeah, it's it's not great. They have to go up against Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, as mentioned Josh Allen twice, Kirk Cousins, and but then outside of that, you know, you're looking at. Jacoby Brissett, which isn't bad. Maybe did you say Kenny Russell Pick- Wilson? Kenny, I said I said Russell Wilson. Yes. Okay. Uh, Kenny Pickett slash Mitch Trubisky, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, two or twice. Whomever the starter is going to be in Seattle in Week 17, and then two or twice. Oh my God! Week 17 could be a Geno Smith revenge game. It could be a Geno Smith revenge game. Well, hopefully we punch him in the mouth. That that is just obscene. That is that is <laughs> that is horrid. How dare you say such a thing about the man that is responsible for keeping uh, keeping the, the the hopes and dreams of DK Metcalf as a fantasy asset alive? How dare you? Well, you're not wrong. Bless bless that beautiful, wonderful man, Geno Smith. Love him. Anyway, so. Yeah, so that's my steal is Tyler Algier just because, you know, he, he was great in college, it, just literally down the street from where I live right now in BYU, at BYU. And the, I don't know, Cordero Patterson can recreate what he did last year. You know, he fell off in the middle of last year. You know, teams figured him out and – I think it's going to be more, it's more of an open competition than probably people think it is. Yeah, that's fair. He fits more of the running back that Arthur Smith wants, I think. Um, yes and no. I just think it, when it, when it comes down, when it comes down, well, are you, are we talking about Cordero Patterson? Or are we talk about Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier fits oh, okay. more of the running I'm back. Talking, that... I'm talking about Cordero Patterson. Yes, yeah. I, I think Algier can carve himself into into that role for sure. I mean, especially when you know Arthur Smith has already said that they want to rely on Cordero Patterson less. So that's good for uh, Tyler Algier, Quadre Allison, wh- whomever they want to bring in for this running back, you know, dumpster fire that they have in Atlanta right now. But also taking into consideration with not only just Algier but with Cordero Patterson, Quadre Allison, whomever is Marcus Mariota probably is going to get a fair share of opportunities at the goal line. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if we're talking about Marcus Mariota as a, as a quarterback that we could see have five, six rushing touchdowns as his floor. That wouldn't shock me at all. And also taking into consideration that we saw Desmond Ritter against the New York Jets, and he did not look good at all. He does not look ready. So Marcus Mariota probably no matter how bad he may or may not be, probably has a certain amount of comfort with the job security that he has right now as a starter in Atlanta, which doesn't bode well for the for the ceilings, at least, of the of the rushers in, in Atlanta, Algier, Allison, and, and Cordero Patterson. But uh, who has the most upside out of them? It probably is uh, Algier with Patterson a close second. Because of what we just saw Patterson do a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. But the 30-something breakout from Cordero Patterson, it's just very, very busty. Very, very busty to me. I agree. Uh, This is kind of in the same boat, but it's a bit more drastic or extreme. Uh, Late round league winners. Oh, I mean, I just gave... Pretty much, I just you know fired my clip with uh, <laughs> with Damian Pierce and, and Chris Olave. Shit. Um, 
I like Jahan Dotson in, in Washington a fair bit. You just got to be patient with the with the rookie receivers. And then I'm looking at I'm also looking at a lot of the handcuffed running backs. Your Isaiah Spillers, Tony Pollard. Your uh, he's not late round though. He's not late round though. So like Tony Pollard's like mid mid sure. round. Like Darrell Henderson. Um, your do I want to say James Robinson? Maybe, maybe James Robinson, Alexander Madison for sure uh, falls in that category. James Cook, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, if we go outside, if we go outside the running back position, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, I think, has that potential. It, honestly, it's going to be whoever emerges as the top receiver, not named Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, usually is, is your league winner. Whether yeah. it's whether it's Marquez Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore, or Juju Smith Schuster, or even Michael Hartman, if you want to throw him in there, then, then then fine. I don't think it's gonna be Michael Hartman, but whomever that guy is, I think is probably the league winner uh, that we're that we're uh, talking about. But Tyler Algier also put into that that camp. Uh, Rashad White would be in that camp. Uh, but those are just a couple of guys that I would that I would list. You and Jake are starting to sway me a bit on uh, Sky Moore, honestly. I see. I don't know. I I, I I know I like the player. I like the player Sky Moore a lot. I liked him coming coming out of college. Mm-hmm. I like him in the situation in Kansas City. But I also understand rookie receivers. They take time to marinate, and you have a guy like Juju Schuster who is the clear front runner to be the guy that comes and emerges from this Kansas City uh, shit fest at receiver to be the guy that that leads the way and and how do i put this has the most potential to be that hundred catch guy out of the receivers in kansas city yeah i get it i get you but i like sky more i i I think his potential you know if you're in a longer term longer term league yeah i think I, i i think sky more the potential is just huge yeah I mean, Jameis could also be a late-round league winner. I don't know how many people are really going to be even drafting Jameis. No, I mean, like, besides you. I know you. Where? What's his ADP? Please hold. His ADP right now, please, NFC, give me, give me good news so I can just do a victory dance. Let's go in the last. Let's go in the last week. His ADP on, is two dashes because he's not getting drafted. <laughs> Jameis's ADP. No, it can't be this low. He's not. A hundred and seventy second overall. He's free, people. He is fucking free. Ah. He's free. Take the chance. He's definitely being drafted in two quarterback. Like oh, I, I am in a I am in a two quarterback draft in nine days time. I will bet my fucking left nutsack that Jameis Winston will be my third quarterback. I will slice off my testicle, put it onto the table, and let you know that Jameis Winston is going to be my third quarterback. <laughs> that is just how confident I am in the man. The blind faith that I have in my son, my boy, Jameis Winston. Speaking of blind, I'm going to go put bleach in my eyes to get the, <laughs> to get the image of what you just said out of my head. You like you like that visual? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, in two quarterback leagues, I'm sure like people are drafting Zach Wilson in two QB leagues. I oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a 10-team 10 10 super flex, 30 quarterbacks are being drafted. Yeah. Yeah, 30 quarterbacks are, are, are absolutely 100% being drafted. But, like, yeah, it, in your traditional leagues, you're going to get him for basically nothing. Oh, okay. James for basically nothing. Yeah, I can do this. Uh, I can narrow this down into super flex. Let's see. Okay, so in a super flex draft, 
Jameis Winston is going 51st overall. Oh, wow. That's, That's pretty good. That's the nature of the beast with Superflex. That's crazy. That's like a, it's like you're playing a different sport. Well, Josh Allen's going too. Well, yeah, it's Superflex. Yeah. I can tell you, in Superflex, I'm picking five. I'm probably taking Lamar Jackson. I don't blame you. I'm probably taking Lamar Jackson, or I'm taking I'm taking uh, Patrick Mahomes, maybe. That's or crazy. if I can get if I, if I can get Justin Herbert. You like that sound, Adam? I don't know what's you want, worse. You want to try it? You want to try it? No, I don't know what's worse. That sound that you just made or the visual of you putting one of your testicles on a table. I'll put, my, te- I'll put my other testicle on the table right now as I go. Let's move on. Shall we? You didn't do what? a show with me for a week. Do you miss, did you miss me? I did. For... <laughs> not anymore? No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, Welcome back to the program. Uh, okay. So this one is, we'll do biggest bust and biggest regression candidates after this one. Sure. This one is, and I know that I always say, don't draft somebody the, with the intention of trading them, but which player that you're going to be drafting is most likely to be used as trade bait in the future. Very interesting. That is a very fascinating question. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. That's a good one. Gabe Davis. Uh, I, I just have like in my head, I'm visualizing Gabe Davis having like a two touchdown game in week one. And then everybody just being like, oh, we didn't talk shit about Gabe Davis during the offseason. Oh, he's fantastic. We were talking about him potentially being a top 12 receiver. And him being one, he'll be him being that guy. That people that weren't really sure about Gabe Davis, but took them that they're cashing in because you have a, you have a manager that's panicking after week one or even after week three. Say Gabe, let's just go on the moderate side. Say Gabe Davis has a touchdown every game, week one, week two, week three. And you want to trade Gabe Davis for a struggling receiver. Say DK Metcalf starts off slow. You want to turn Gabe Davis into DK Metcalf, you could probably do it at that point. Gabe Davis into Jalen Waddle, probably you could do it. Gabe Davis into, say, Deontay Johnson uh, starts out of the gate slow because of the uns- the uncertain situation at quarterback in Pittsburgh. Could have turned Gabe Davis into Deontay Johnson? Probably. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Josh Jacobs is that guy for a lot of people where they're going to, especially if they already did their drafts, Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, they just got the news a couple days ago that Kenyon Drake is going to be cut. And like, well, there isn't as much competition in Las Vegas, even though they don't realize that Amir Abdullah is there. Like, I didn't because you told me. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, this guy's still in the league. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you can definitely sell high, quote unquote, for, on Josh Jacobs because the perception is never going to be better for Josh Jacobs now. Oh, I don't know about that. I think Josh Jacobs' value is at his lowest right now. I think people, I, the, only, the only guy that's saving Josh Jacobs from like him for, for Josh Jacobs being the panic guy for fantasy is Antonio Gibson. Really? I moved Antonio Gibson way down in my ranks. I moved I moved Gibson down to seventy first overall. I want no part. I don't blame you. Just because I'll miss the boat on Gibson. I don't care. He just did not have a great season last year. And part of it was him being hurt, but part of it was just like he was regressing. I mean, that I feel like that entire Washington team in 2020 just played out of their minds. And we're now feeling kind of the after effects of it. Yeah, but even even then, you know, a year ago, Gibson was just a, a seven touchdown guy. 
She had over a thousand yards. I mean, given the given the current circumstances in Washington with what they're having him doing on scout team on special teams, is that exciting? No. Now, what I will say for Antonio Gibson is there a spot where if he were to fall to there, would I take him? Yes. Oh, there absolutely is. Antonio, if Antonio Gibson is there in round eight, don't even think about it. I'll take him. Because at that point, that's flyer territory. Yeah, especially for somebody – because he has a ceiling of like maybe a top 25 running back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If, he, if, he gets, if he gets the opportunity, yeah, and he can stay healthy, mm-hmm. Yeah, but but now he you know he had J.D. McKissick to worry about last year and in 2020, and now he has Brian Robinson to worry about this year. He was a 750 800 yard back in 2020 with 11 touchdowns. He was a thousand yard back last year with seven. If he were to fall somewhere in the middle on both of those numbers, say is a say is a 900 yard back with eight nine touchdowns. That's not a, that's not a top 24 guy. But are you are you comfortable taking him as a top 30? say top 32 or 33 running back. Yeah. You're comfortable with that. Yeah. But the problem is, is that his range of outcomes is all over the place. You, you, you really don't know what you're getting with Antonio Gibson. And that's, that's the problem that I have where I think with Jacobs, Jacobs, you know what you're kind of getting, you know, that he's going to be, he's going to be featured. That's where I think, you know, Jacobs is, is, is fine because you know, if Jacobs has one big week, then maybe you could get something for him and get out of that. And could you see a big week with Josh Jacobs? Absolutely, because they're going to be in a lot of high-scoring games out in the AFC West. So they're going to have to give him something. You you would imagine, um, but it's going to be very it's going to be very Patriotsy with the Raiders and their running backs, and that's that's something that I just want to shy away from. Yeah, that does scare me a little bit. Tony Pollard and Elijah Moore are two names that are kind of close together on fa- on fantasy pros that could be guys that. It, you know, they have a good, they have a couple of good weeks and you're like, huh, you know, maybe either I hang on to these guys and ride the wave or I uh, get something, get something for them while the value is there. You know, right. let's say like, does he have like Zeke struggles, let's say, or he's injured to start the year and Tony Pollard comes in and he's looking like he usually does where he's like, we're like, oh my God. This guy is where, why have they been just locking this guy in the cupboard for the past couple of years, you know? And so, and then at that point, you have people who also have struggling running backs coming to you and be like, you know what? Maybe we'll just give Tony Pollard a shot, you know? And that could be something that you can explore. You can probably get something for, for that at that point. So the one thing, the one uh, gripe that I have with Pollard, and this is just from Cowboys inside knowledge, is that Cowboys do not view Tony Pollard as a guy that can handle all the workload by himself. So say in a situation where Ezekiel Elliott goes down and he gets injured, it's more likely that you see Pollard as the lead guy, but there's also somebody else there that you know helps take the burden off of his shoulders. They don't they don't view Pollard in the same way they view Zeke, where Zeke can be the workhorse, they don't view Pollard in that light. Who's the third running back on the Cowboys? Uh, it is Rico Dowdle. Oh. I would have guessed Alfred Morris again, but I guess not. Well, they would probably sign somebody else. Um, they would probably bring somebody else off, off of the uh, off of the free agent market if something were to happen to Zeke, if we're being completely honest, because Rico Dowdle would not help uh, would not help Dallas uh, at all. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, then we'll get to regression candidates. So who do you got for regression candidates? So out of the regression candidates, I mean, if, I mean, there, there are a whole lot of them. Um, are we talking negative? We're we talking positive regression. Um, let's, you can go with either, whatever helps, whatever makes it easier for you. <coughs> no, excuse me. That cough I've been wanting to been wanting to come out, and I tried to hit the mute button, and it didn't, it didn't work out too well. Um, the positive regression that I have 
I mean, they're there. I mean, Allen Robinson is just is just a great one because I, I think he's in a great position to succeed in terms of positive regression. Allen Robinson could be could be one of those guys. Uh, Juju in in Kansas City, negative regression. I could see a little bit negative regression coming for Amon Ross St. Brown just with the way that he finished the end of last year. And I mean, mm-hmm. I love my boy. I'm always going to root for my boy, but and you can't you can't anticipate that happening but jared goff has continued to look on ross st brown's way so that's great news i love it uh, hunter renfro negative regression across the board i do not see him doing what he did last year given now you add Devontae adams to this mix and you bring back darren waller into the fold yeah no thank you i'm i'm, I'm good uh just see who else i have on my list i mean would you consider Jerry Judy is somebody who could is probably do positive, positive regression? regression. Yeah, positive regression, yeah. sure. Positive regression, yes. sure. I just want to look up. I think I would consider Hunter Henry as like a negative regression sort of guy because yeah, his rookie year he had eight touchdowns, but then after that he's been a four or five touchdown guy his entire career, except for last year where he had nine. Now I know it when they get closer to the end zone. Mac Jones wants to look for Hunter Henry. I I understand that, but. Hunter Henry just scares me to go and invest in because he he needs a touchdown to be half productive. And that's just not something that I really want to get involved with. That sounds like most tight ends, honestly. But he, he needs it more than any of them because if he's not getting a touchdown, he's only a one or two catch guy. Whereas, you know, maybe you have, maybe you have Zach Ertz that can go six for 50. Hunter Henry can go two for 20. Yeah, the yardage just the isn't there. Put him over double digits. The touchdowns just are the yards just aren't there for Henry. Right. Like he right. barely ever cracks 50 yards. Exactly. They, I think he only did it once last year. Which no, is twice. way different from, no, the three guy, times. from guys like, like Zach Ertz, like Dalton Schultz, like TJ Hawkinson, uh, like it will be for Cole Komet. Like they'll have steady floors week to week. But do I see Hunter Henry having that steady floor? Absolutely not. Now, is the ceiling great? Yeah, absolutely. The ceiling is going to be great because whenever they're close to scoring, you know he's going to get a red zone target. He's he's going to. If not an end zone target. That's what I really should be saying. He should get a target when when he's in the end zone. Right. But I I totally get it. I absolutely get it for Henry. He can be scary. Um, I mean, it's injury, but Hawkinson just, if he stays healthy this year, I think he, he could be pretty well, he could do pretty well, but I would personally, I wouldn't go for it just because I was burned by him last year. I don't want to deal with it again, but you know, he has potential for sure. Yeah, he does. Uh, okay. And then the last one is biggest bust. I can only pick one for this. You can only pick one. Well, wow. we've named like five for all of them. So I, I'm going to only pick one because the, the, the thing is biggest bust. Biggest bust. Oh, man. Oh man. That's the simplest question. I'm debating on whether or not I want to be bold about it or whether or not I want to be logical. Are you gonna say like Cooper Cup or something? No. All right. I'll I'm gonna get roasted for this. I'm just going to get fucking grilled for this. I know it. Jamar Chase. Ooh. You know? That's the illogical choice. My logical choice, my logical choice for biggest bust is Deontay Johnson. Yeah. So Jamar Chase is funny because if you look at it. I take that back. I take that back. I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off, Adam. I take that back. It's not Deontay Johnson. It's Javante Williams. Well, that one's pretty 
That is logical because Melvin Gordon's there. It's not yeah, going to be his... going way too high, way yeah. too high to be in a committee. Yep, absolutely. But the but, Jamar Chase one, I know I'm going to get fucking grilled for. That one I've been like teetering on because I know what people see in him is that big playability, that highest of highs, lowest of lows. But that's the thing is that he's so volatile and it's just like you, it's hard to trust from week to week for chase. You look at his stat lines and his game logs and you're just like, this guy is so hot and cold. You're going to, you're going to, in some weeks you're going to be like, thank God I drafted Jamar chase. And in other weeks you're going to be like, why the fuck did I draft Jamar chase? He won people championships in week 17 with the 55 that he had 266 and three versus the chiefs. But then looking outside of that, he had a 25, he had a 19, a 34, a 27, a 22 and a 20. So solid, solid. Yep. But then he had 13.4, 13 13.7, 13.7, 13.1, 8.9, 13, 6.9, nice. 10.2, 1.3. Like those are, those are inconsistent. Yeah. He's too, he's so inconsistent for somebody that is a top 10 receiver. But at the same time, I, I guess it's part of the, part of the game that you play. It's, you take a Jamar Chase because you know he can win you a week. And you're okay if he wins you that week. But if he doesn't win you the week and he just flat out shits the bed, it's just like, oh, okay, you know, just don't just don't make me lose the week. But if you win me the week, then congratulations. I just think with Chase, the biggest thing that I have about him, and I've talked about this with the Cincinnati Bengals as a whole, I think there's just mass statistical regression coming from all of them. And that's why I didn't mention them for the last category because I wanted to save it for this one. I just see a lot. I just, I just see massive, massive dropping back to the mean for the, for this team. And I'm not saying they're not going to be good. I'm not saying they're not going to be a playoff team or, or contenders in the AFC. They are. They're, they're they're a great team. I'm not saying they're not. But I just cannot project for all the pieces to continue to move like they did last year, because teams are going to say to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, have somebody else beat us that's not jamar chase teams are going to figure that out teams are going to figure that out because i think the great example of this and everyone knows i love them but i think it's a great example is look at what happened after josh allen and stefan diggs carried people to championships in diggs's first year in buffalo has diggs been the same since that no, he's been good. He's been a top two round receiver, but has he been a dominant force since that? No, he hasn't. Now, there are varying factors to that, of course. Age, weapons emerging. They have weapons in Cincinnati. They have Hayden Hurst that can run, that could run downfield and be a vertical threat at the tight end position. They have T. Higgins, who we're drafting within a round or two of Jamar Chase. There's Joe Mixon that's there. Tyler, they have Tyler Boyd. Boyd's still there. So they have more weapons in Cincinnati than they do in Buffalo. At least, at least, maybe, maybe, because I think you know. It would, would would I be surprised if we're talking Gabe Davis as a top four? Five round pick next year? No, it wouldn't surprise me. But I just see a, I just see teams zeroing in on that and trying to take Chase away. And does it work? I don't know. We're gonna wait. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to find out. But I think teams are gonna take that away because they're gonna stay. They're gonna look at what they did last year, zero in on that, and say, okay, here's how we try and slow this down, and that's how we take Jamar Chase away a little bit and not have uh Jamar Chase Joe Burrow show beat us. So for me, I'm go- I'm going I'm going with Chase. That's a good one. That that is definitely a good one. Um yeah, I mean it's like the Tyreek Hill problem. 
to be honest with you. I mean, I had Tyree kill that year where he were literally every other week. This is 2017. It was every other week. He was good. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It was like inexplicable. Consistently inconsistent. Yes. Consistently inconsistent. But that's something that you have to deal with. And um, how much volatility is too much volatility? It's not like you have to have a, you have to look at your tolerance for that when you're picking guys that early. Sure. Because is, is the reward worth the potential pain and loss and whatever that could happen if uh, it doesn't go your way, you know? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Love nostalgia. Love taking a trip down memory lane. Always. And the next time, the next time you will be hearing from us, it'll be for the first live draft of the year. Oh, wow. I'm so excited. Yep. Get ready. Strap in. It's the 18-team guillotine. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcast. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.